No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Two of the greatest afflictions people suffer are the pain of rejection and the sorrow of death. Unfortunately, God's people are not immune to these, and today we see how the children of Israel suffered both and how they coped. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. Brotherly love is such an important and essential need. It is often mentioned in the New Testament. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.9 says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And Hebrews 13.1 says, Let brotherly love continue. The Greek word is Philadelphia. And there is a bond between brothers that cannot be broken, whether they are biological brothers or brothers in the Lord. Sometimes brothers fight each other, but when an outsider attacks one of them, the other comes to his rescue. When you're a brother, it's what you do. But the children of Israel were about to discover that there was no brotherly love where there should have been. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 20, verse 14. Now Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. Thus says your brother Israel, You know all the hardship that has befallen us, how our fathers went down to Egypt, and we dwelt in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians afflicted us and our fathers. When we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice and sent the angel and brought us up out of Egypt. Now here we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge of your border. Please, let us pass through your country. We will not pass through fields or vineyards, nor will we drink water from wells. We will go along the king's highway. We will not turn aside to the right hand or the left until we have passed through your territory. The nation of Edom descended from Israel's brother Esau. Moses sent word to the king of Edom, telling him the story of how they had suffered affliction in Egypt for 400 years. But when they cried out to the Lord, his angel delivered them. And now they were returning to the land of their fathers and were outside the border of Edom. So Moses asked if they could pass through their country along the king's highway. They wouldn't go through any fields or vineyards, and they wouldn't take any water. Then Edom said to him, You shall not pass through my land, lest I come out against you with the sword. Imagine how the children of Israel must have felt to receive this rebuff. Edom was their brother, but he was acting like an enemy. The king threatened to come against them with a sword if they set a foot on his land. Where was the brotherly love? They say that the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. The king of Edom revealed his heart problem by his response. You shall not pass through my land. Behind every self-serving, unkind reaction 
is an attitude of mine. We could call it the mine mindset. The king of Edom did not view his territory as belonging to God and he was simply the steward of it. He viewed it as belonging to him and he wasn't going to share any of it, not even with his brother Israel. So the children of Israel said to him, We will go by the highway and if I or my livestock drink any of your water, then I will pay for it. Let me only pass through on foot, nothing more. Then he said, you shall not pass through. So Edom came out against them with many men and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his territory. So Israel turned away from him. This time, not only did the king of Edom flatly refuse them, but he also brought out his army to make sure that they didn't set foot in his land. It is difficult to understand why Edom would be so mean-spirited toward Israel, his brother. But as we saw in the book of Genesis, Esau was a man of the flesh. He despised his birthright and the place of being priest of his family. Esau had no regard for spiritual things. Therefore, it isn't surprising that his descendants, the Edomites, had no regard for the spiritual attribute of brotherly love and no heart of charity. It is fascinating that the last known Edomite was Herod the Great, who slaughtered all the male infants in Bethlehem in his attempt to kill the Christ child. In his heart, he said, the kingdom is mine, and he wasn't willing to share it with anybody, not even with the Messiah. Now, if you've ever experienced rejection from someone close to you, then you know how painful this can be. David wrote about this in Psalm 55. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Such rejection or betrayal as this from someone so close to you tears your heart out. How are we to deal with it? How did Israel deal with it? It simply says that they turned away from Edom. Israel didn't argue the point. He didn't go to war against his brother. He just turned away and went a different way. So if your brother or sister has done you wrong, then by turning away, you're putting him or her in God's hands. And God will take care of the matter. If you won't leave it alone, then you'll alienate your brother even more. If you harbor a grudge, then it will eat you alive. But if you commit the person to the Lord and go another way, then you put that person in the place where he or she must now deal with God. And you put yourself in the place where the Lord can direct your steps. And that's just a healthier way to live. Verse 22. Now the children of Israel, the whole congregation, journeyed from Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered to his people, for he shall not enter the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. 
Take Aaron and Eleazar his son and bring them up to Mount Hor and strip Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar his son. For Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. Now they were all under this curse of death. Remember God had said 38 years earlier that all of the older generation would die in the wilderness. And now it's 38 years later and probably the entire older generation had died off except for Moses and Aaron. And so now it was Aaron's turn. In one sense, we are all under this curse of death. We've inherited it from Adam. The wages of sin is death. We have a sin nature and we also have received the sure sentence of death. It is appointed unto all men once to die and then the judgment. So the Bible tells us. But we don't know when we're going to die. We just know that God keeps that day to himself. And you know what? Frankly, I'm glad I don't know when that day is. But this was Aaron's day and God was gracious enough to let them know. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. And they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. And Aaron died there on the top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. Together, Moses and Aaron had done many acts of obedience to the Lord over the 40 years that they had been serving the Lord together. This was their final act of obedience to the Lord. And And the beautiful thing is that there was no resistance here. They simply did what God had said. It is interesting that the Lord brought up their disobedience at Meribah, which was the place where the people contended with Moses because they had no water. And you'll recall that Moses misrepresented God by losing his temper. But God held both Moses and Aaron responsible for failing to believe in him and failing to hallow him in the eyes of the people. Now, the beautiful thing here is that God had prepared the way for the successor for Aaron. Eleazar would be the new high priest. And when God is in charge of things, we don't need to worry about who's going to succeed us because if we're walking with the Lord, God's got it covered. He's going to take care of the next generation. So we just need to do what God's called us to do and let him handle that part of it. God had provided Eleazar to succeed Aaron, and God would provide Joshua to succeed Moses. Now when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, all the house of Israel mourned for Aaron 30 days. The Bible declares that death is an enemy. It robs us of the people that we love. Usually our first encounter with death is when we lose somebody close to us. In 1991, five of my family members died, including my father, my grandmother, and my aunt. I was involved in each of their funerals. It was a year that I hope to never repeat. But I'm told that even more painful is to lose a spouse or a child. However, for our departed loved ones in Christ, Lose is probably not the best word because we know where they are. The Bible tells us that if we are absent from the body, then we are present with the Lord. We don't sorrow as those who have no hope, 
for we believe that one day we will be reunited. Nevertheless, it is natural to mourn the death of those whom we love. Even Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus died, and Jesus knew that he would raise him from the dead. There is a time for mourning and a time for weeping. The children of Israel spent 30 days mourning for Aaron. They would see his face no more this side of eternity. But life would continue. God had prepared Aaron's successor. After the season of mourning passes, and it is different for each person, life continues and God wipes away our tears. For he is the God of all comfort and the God of hope. As Christians, we are not immune to the bitter pain of rejection or the grief of death. But in either case, if we will commit the situation and ourselves to God, trusting in Him and continuing to do good, then He will bring us through it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we'll see that when Israel complained against God, He sent fiery serpents among them. But God already provided the way for them to be healed, and us as well. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 